I'm Jack Moylan, and you're listening to Let's Talk Business, a podcast geared towards young professionals served with a side of witty commentary. At Lutz, we rally around the mantra, make light, meaning be lighthearted, illuminate solutions, and create energy. We hope this episode will do just that. Let's make the complex simple. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Business. Today we are talking about key performance indicators, or KPIs, as we like to refer to them. And here with me is Lutz Tax Manager, Steve Nebia. Steven, would you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, what is it, what is it you do here, and you know, kind of exactly your role at Lutz? Thanks for asking, Jack. Yeah. Really appreciate the opportunity to come on your podcast here. So I sense an air of sarcasm, Stephen. I would never be sarcastic about that, Jack. Obviously, we value everything you're doing here with the podcast, so just happy to have the opportunity. Right. Yeah, thanks, Brooke, for organizing all this, doing such a great job. So I'm in the tax department here, kind of grew up that way. I worked at Deloitte and then came here and have been doing taxes for... A long time, or at least what seems like a long time now. How kind long of, is a long time? How long have you been here? I've been here four years, so. Oh, got it. Kind of been dipping my toe into some other waters as of late, though, that aren't necessarily taxed, more on the consulting front, kind of looking at KPIs and other data for clients and coming up with dashboards and things like that that can help them manage their businesses better. Along those lines, doing some of the same kind of thing internally creating some processes, some dashboards, some things like that that we can use here internally to improve our processes. So with that, my role has kind of shifted into kind of a quasi-consultant, quasi-tax role. It's been a pretty interesting 18 months here, but Mm -hmm. yeah. Because you work with Tony, right? Yep. I work with Tony DeSantis. He's just got hired full-time here, but he's going to be heading up our data analytics practice. That's exciting. Yeah, we had a podcast with him a couple of weeks ago, or was it last week? week? Two weeks ago, something like that. Talked about data analytics, and I suppose, wouldn't you think that KPIs, or, or is, it, is it safe to say that KPIs kind of lead to the data analytics? I mean, you choose things that you want to focus on and measure and then, and then pull insight from those? Yeah, I think... You know, sometimes data analytics and reporting get a little confused, and I'm not sure if Tony talked about that at all. A little bit. But if you look at reporting as, we're going to tell you how you're doing right now, sometimes that looks like a financial statement. Sometimes that looks like something other than a financial statement. Right. Analytics might be more predictive or future-oriented looking towards, you know, a trend or an analysis of, you know, what's likely to happen mm-hmm. in the future. Whereas, you know, if you're looking at reporting, you're probably looking retrospectively at what has happened. Or in the case of, you know, KPIs, I would like to think a little bit more towards the present or currently what's happening. And I think that's key is getting timely data. So they're related. I don't know which one comes first. It's kind of like the chicken and the egg. Right. You need the data analytics piece to a certain extent to visualize the KPIs and to deliver it in a way that's easy to understand and easy to consume. Right. So would you say that you're, you know, your experience in tax now, were you, have you been in tax your entire accounting career? Yep. Would you say that tax has helped? If so, in what ways has tax helped? You know, your knowledge of tax has helped, you know, form your understanding of KPIs, maybe what a company should look at, what's, what's important to focus on because you know, you hear all the time and you can get overloaded with KPIs, right? If you have you spend all your time looking at KPIs, you don't spend any time making those KPIs look good, right? So 
Yeah, and I think to answer your question, being in the tax world, you kind of learn the rules of the road from a tax perspective, and you also learn the language of accounting, if you will. And so by doing that, you kind of understand what business owners are looking at, what they're dealing with on a day-to-day basis, and kind of where their head is at from a income and tax perspective, which are all relevant to understanding how to consult on being a better business owner and operating a more profitable business. And so all of that kind of plays into helping me improve as an analyst, as a consultant, you know, as somebody who looks at KPIs and those sort of things. Right. To turn back to the KPI piece that you were asking about that. Yeah, I kind of I kind of threw a bunch at you. There. Yeah, you I did. like to ask a question and then proceed to answer or move to a different yeah, topic. Yeah, to move to a different topic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think you know, you talked about getting overloaded with KPIs and looking at too much stuff. And from the tax perspective, you know, when you're going through and helping a client with their tax return and saying okay, well, here's how you can, you know, reduce your tax rate. Here's how you can reduce your income. You know, those sort of things that you're looking for. Obviously, legal ways that you can, you know, move income to a different year, you know, accelerate expenses into the current year, those kind of things that will help you pay less in tax. There's a lot that you can do there, but there's several things that are more important than others and several expenses or revenue pieces that you could look at that could actually make a meaningful difference. Same thing's true with KPIs. You know, you can look at a hundred different measures of how your business is doing, but you've got to be able to pick the few that are actually going to be impactful and actually going to make a difference for you. Right. And I'm sure the few that you can actually impact, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, Obviously, to a certain extent, some of this is out of your control, some of it's luck. And so if you can't change something, then you shouldn't be measuring it because, or maybe you should be, but it shouldn't be your main metric of success. Right. We had a podcast where we discussed with Ashley England, you know, new businesses and some of the things that you have to focus on, which is understanding yourself and, and the individuals you bring into your business and bring on to your team and how important that is. How important is it understanding yourself to choose KPIs that are actually going to benefit you? I mean, from a sales perspective or marketing KPI, you know, there's all different levels of KPIs. I look at, let's say for instance, tech, right? One of our KPIs may be how many calls you handle a day. I mean, yeah, or average call time. Yeah, average call time. I mean, whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, if you want to look at that, you know, and use tech as an example, and you say, okay, what's our average hold time for somebody that calls in? That'll give us a good measure of customer service and, you know, right. how long people are waiting and whether or not they're going to be upset about waiting on the phone. The other piece is call length, you know, if we're not doing our job and our software isn't working right, our hardware isn't working right, and we're spending a lot of time per call fixing these things, our profitability is going to go down. And so, you know, the tighter we can be on install of software or hardware, the shorter those calls are going to be because the quicker we're going to be able to fix something. And that's going to allow us to be more profitable. You know, if you think about it that way, 
do you know your people, you know, do you know what's going on? Isn't wait time up because you have two, you know, tech engineers that are out that week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. So you've got to, you know, you've got to understand what's going on with your business and the outside factors that are playing into these numbers. Because if you don't, you'll see some trend like wait time going up and you'll try to react to it. When in reality, you had two people on vacation and there wasn't a reaction that was appropriate. It was just, hey, you know, it might be a little bit slower for five days or six days, whatever it is. Sure. And then we'll get back on track when we're <clears throat> back in the office. So that, yeah, right. That that scenario, just for instance, may have been a management of, of spreading out vacation instead of, you know, a training issue that looked like, you know, we can't get people off the phone fast enough there before we're not solving issues quick enough. Yep. And you've got to understand the whole picture and that's hard and sometimes impossible to do, but you've got to try to control for those outside variables that are going to screw up your numbers. How much of your time is spent helping a business owner determine what KPIs to measure versus the time spent in actually measuring those KPIs or, or you know, wrangling and, and collecting data? Well, you know, ideally we'd be spending all of our time helping them interpret KPIs and coming up with KPIs, but unfortunately that's not the way things work. The biggest issue that you're going to run into with business owners and it doesn't matter what industry you're in or anything like that is your data is just not clean and it's not, you know, readily available to produce these KPIs that are useful. People want real time data and dashboards that'll tell them what's going on and instantly that's possible. And, you know, certainly a lot of businesses are fairly close to having their data to a point where that's a, poss a realistic possibility. And I think that would help them be better business owners. That being said, you know, getting that extra 5% to get your data from where it is now to clean enough for that takes a lot of work. And in some cases, it's more than 5%. So it's not, it's not quite so easy. But at any rate, most of the time is spent making sure that the data is clean enough and connected enough that whatever we're telling you through these KPIs or through these measurements is accurate because if you're using inaccurate data to determine business decisions, that's not a real good answer either. No, no, I'm sure. I'm sure it's not. And I'm sure it's hard to figure out until after the fact that you've used the bad data. Yeah. You know, that your decisions didn't work out. You know, why isn't this changing? <laughs> or it's changing and it's going the wrong way. Why am I not <laughs> making more money? Yeah, no. You've got to be careful with that and you've got to have controls and really understanding what your data set is makes right. a big difference. And I, I think that's something that a lot of people can't necessarily do on their own mm -hmm. or don't have the time to do on their own. So right. I think getting some help on that front makes sense. So make sure, you know, data is clean, that it's accurate, and then, you know, determine, isolate maybe a few KPIs you find important and then analyzing those, right? I mean, like you said, most of your time you would hope is spent analyzing KPIs and, and figuring out what you can do to change those, right? So so great, I know that this KPI needs to be measured and, and I know that I want it to go up or increase or change in a certain direction. Well, okay, how am I going to do that? I'm sure that's a big, big piece of it too, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you think about 
once you get your data clean, once you have everything hooked up, at that point, maintenance becomes, you know, an issue, but it's minimal. And then you can really start to dig into, okay, what numbers are affecting my business? And, you know, you look at that and say, what are the goals of my business? What are the objectives that we're trying to get at? And how can I measure those objectives? And those measures become your KPIs. And then it's, okay, you know, let's say we want to increase sales. Well, how are we going to do that? Are we going to hire some more salespeople? Are we going to increase our marketing spend? Any of those things. You look in the silo of the KPI, which is increased revenue. And so now you're looking at revenue growth. And then you say, okay, well, you know, we have five things, five initiatives that we're taking to improve our revenue growth. And maybe that's hiring an additional salesperson. Maybe that's increasing your marketing spend. Maybe that's going on a podcast with Jack Moylan or something like that. But great idea. (laughs) The point is, is, you know, you can go through those steps or those initiatives, what I'll call them. And that will be what moves your KPI. You know, just just looking at the number and wanting it to go up isn't going to change it. You've got to know what the number is. And behind that, you got to know what the goal is. And then from there, you can develop some initiatives to move KPI the direction that you want. Right. So really direct resources in the right place. You know, I look at or consistently you hear either revenue generation or cost reduction, you know, is there any, how do you determine, you know, when one of those needs to be implemented, right? I mean, I look at hiring a new sales guy as that's typically associated with revenue generation, right? Instead of getting rid of a resource and and reducing costs, because if the ultimate KPI is revenue, right? Or income, I guess, how do you make that determination? I I think that's understanding your business. You know, if you understand how you compare to other businesses in your industry or how you compare to your past performance, that'll allow you to determine where to direct your resources. You know, if in the best year ever you've sold $10 million worth of revenue and you're at eight right now, you know, there's some room there. If you're at 10 and your best year was 10, maybe you should be, you know, continuing to push on that front. But if it's if you haven't grown in the last five years, maybe you should start looking at your expenses and, you know, figuring out where you can become more efficient, where you can cut some costs that don't need to be there. Or maybe, you know, you know that there's an opportunity to move into a new market. There's an opportunity for a new product. And that's something you want to pursue. I think part of that is knowing your business. And that's where a good business owner is going to be able to figure out what their initiative needs to be. There's nothing saying that you can't do both at the same time. And so there's no reason why you can't say, you know, I want to manage to five KPIs. Two of them are growth related. Two of them are cost reduction related. And then one of them is employee retention related. And so There's no reason you can't go about it from that approach where you say, look, I want to manage several different things. If you do it that way, you might not be as successful at managing each one individually. Mm -hmm. But at the same point in time, you know, a lot of businesses can cut costs. 
but I'd also tell you that if you're a profitable business, the best way to make more money is to sell more of what you're selling. Right. So it kind of goes both ways. So you, you mentioned, you know, if your best year ever is 10 million and you're at 10 million, there may not be, there may not be a whole lot of room for, for, you know, growth related initiatives, I suppose, but that's gotta be, have you had to have that conversation where you say maybe your market, maybe your, your, the segment that you're involved in is, is saturated or maybe there's not much opportunity for growth since, you know, if you look at the past, past data, I mean, we're not necessarily, this is maybe more of a, this is a different conversation than KPIs, but that seems like a pretty interesting or tough conversation to have with someone. Well, so I even had to have that discussion where the market is saturated or they can no longer, the client can no longer get any more market share. So no, I haven't had to have the conversation of, you know, you shouldn't worry about increasing your revenue. Right. That the chances of that happening are not the best. What I have had though is there's a bottleneck in the process that's limiting how much revenue you can realistically take on. So if you can only hire a certain number of qualified people to help you work through your revenue, whether that's through a manufacturing process, through a service process, whatever it happens to be, if your limitation is going to be the number of people you can hire, then selling more revenue isn't going to help you make more money. It's just going to increase your backlog, which is a good thing in the long term. But if you keep customers waiting too long, they're not going to be customers for very long. Mm -hmm. So at that point, you know, there is opportunity for growth in the revenue. But before you do that, you got to get your house in order from your operational side make sure that you're being as efficient as possible with the people you do have. And maybe it's an HR thing where you need to figure out if you can hire more people or figure out a way to find more talent that works for you. Right. Sure. Interesting. What do you like to use to gather data? I mean, we talked with Tony a little bit, I talked, you know, Tableau or Power BI, but you know, is there anything specifically you like to, I know you like to use Power BI, don't you? Yeah, we've been using Power BI here quite a bit. It's a Microsoft product. It's got, you know, we are a Office 365 shop here, so we have a bunch of licenses to it. It makes it easy. It's free. I like it, but there's plenty of good software out there that could be used just as efficiently as Power BI. That being said, you know, if it's included in your software package and it's almost as good or better than the next software, why wouldn't you use it? Sure. You mentioned dashboard a couple of times. I mean, you can use Power BI to create a dashboard. I know that we're you know working on some of those initiatives downstairs. I mean, that really just looks like something that can sit in front of, let's say, a salesperson and have you know three or four reports that consolidates some KPIs that you're trying to drive towards and and you know have it daily. Can that be real time? Is that things that they can watch and and see change as they you know progress or, or are more productive? Yeah, today's capabilities with the software are crazy. You can customize these dashboards so you're seeing exactly what you want to see in the way that makes the most sense to the user. And you can make it real time. You can make it periodically updated. I know internally we have a dashboard that gets updated every three hours during busy season. So 
maybe it's not real time, but it's pretty close. Mm-hmm. And that dashboard can be consumed on your computer, on your tablet, on your phone, doesn't matter. And so... You sound like a commercial. Right? Well, you know, it's kind of a commercial. <laughs> but we have the capability of pushing this dashboard to the folks that need to see it here. And they can consume this report at home before they come to the office at home at night, whenever they want to, and, you know, digest this information and figure out what needs to be done to manage our numbers to improve. And, you know, for us during tax season, when we're working a lot of hours and we've got a lot of work to do, it's really important to be efficient and make sure that you're staying on top of everything and make sure that you understand where the bottlenecks in your process are. And so having that updated every few hours makes a big difference. Sure. I guess how many or what kinds of clients have you seen or had personal experience with, you know, having success by sitting down and discussing with you, you know, KPIs and reporting and, you know, is it, is it any specific type of client? Is it across the board? I mean, obviously you just mentioned an example, us as an accounting firm, we've had success using it. Yeah. And I think, Every business is going to have some success by, you know, thinking through their business in a way that says, what are my goals? What are some numbers that can tell me whether or not I'm moving towards those goals? Those numbers are going to be different depending on the industry you're in, different depending on the business that you are. But I don't think there's any reason why a business wouldn't benefit from that conversation. It doesn't necessarily have to be with us. It could be internally. But I think it's important that if you're owning a business and you want to be more profitable or, you know, continue to be profitable, you need to be looking at your goals, your objectives, and what numbers are going to tell you whether or not you're heading towards those. Do you have any examples you can share? I mean, without, you know, naming names, but situations that you can share with us where you've had success or helping people, you know, increase their revenue or I guess go, you know, reach their goals. You know, one just general example would be we were looking at lowering a business's labor cost as a percentage of sales Mm -hmm. and figured out that maybe scheduling their employees on 15-minute intervals instead of hour-long intervals could save them quite a bit of money when you took it to the scale of the business. And so I think if you get into it and you say, okay, well, we think our labor cost should be, you know, X percent of revenue and currently it's X plus 10. How do we get it, you know, down to where it should be? That's where you start to find, you know, the data helping you move towards initiatives that'll work. And so, you know, that's looking at how does our revenue stream work in a given day and how does our labor cost work in a given day and how can we make the labor cost mirror that revenue stream a little better and in this case it was breaking that schedule more granular yes with. breaking down that schedule into a 15 minute interval instead of an hour long interval right i it came from a larger large when i say larger very very large company and was on the operational level, right? I was on the ground level and there were always initiatives that came out in an effort to, you know, reduce costs or increase this or change this and change that. And 
And a very common, very common issue or, or gripe, I guess, on, at the operational level was they don't really understand, you know, the, the reality of, of what's going on and what will make us more efficient on a day-to-day basis or this needs to be done. And I'm sure in, in some respect that occurs here, right? I mean, we try to change things or, or input processes or make certain changes on a different level, of course, because, you know, we're smaller than where I was, but... You know, when you try to implement changes to processes, for instance, you know, if we were to change a process for someone doing a tax return, you know, they might be saying, well, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. So how important it is to really know that level of, of the operation and, and the, you know, the people that are in the trenches, as they say, and getting their input into KPIs? You know, I think knowing your employees is really important. I think knowing your processes is really important and at the end of the day change is hard and people don't like it so there's going to be resistance no matter what you do so when you're looking at these kpis saying okay we're going to take some initiatives to work towards bettering these numbers so we can hit our goals there's going to be resistance because people are used to doing something a certain way and they don't want to be told that there's a better way to do it And they certainly don't want to change the way they're doing their job because they're used to it. They know how to do it and they're comfortable. So some of it is having thick enough skin to push through and make sure that whatever change you're trying to bring about is important enough to, you know, bear the brunt of that pushback you're going to get from your employees who are generally speaking change averse all right and so that's part of it the other part of it is truly getting down to that granular level with your employees and understanding the process understanding you know what really is you know making something inefficient or hampering growth in a certain area and so i think it's really important to get down to that granular level to truly understand what you're processes and who your people are right yeah because i I mean i heard all the time not to give anything away but he's never driven a train how does he know what it takes to make trains move faster right i mean that concept itself was rampant and, and you know you get to such a degree of size that it's like well how do you ever really bring in the opinion or thoughts of people that are doing the day-to-day work. But I think that's, I personally think that's an extremely important thing. Obviously decisions need to be made. And like you said, change needs to be implemented, but you know, bringing in the thoughts and perspectives of the individuals doing the work is important. As you said, knowing your business. Yeah. And I think, you know, to use the train example and not to get too physics E here, but Inertia is a real thing, and it's really hard to stop a big train that's headed a certain direction, and that applies to a company too, you know? If you get a big company that's been doing something for a long time, it's going to be really hard to get that train to stop rolling the direction it's going. And today, the technology is changing so quickly. We're able to see so much more than we have been able to that... The companies that are able to make those shifts and implement change are going to be more successful and are going to survive, you know, for a longer period of time. Right. Yeah, I've heard people use the either that analogy or the analogy of aircraft carrier. Yeah. Those things don't turn fast. No. You know what I mean? But, but how do you... 
how do you make sure that you're loud enough for people hear you enough to say, listen, I think this is a direction change we need to make. And you know, this, this needs to happen. It won't, it won't happen fast, but it needs to happen. Probably how you do that is, is by bringing some KPIs to the table, bring some KPIs, bring a thoughtful message too. Right. Cause you know, whether it's the people who are driving the trains or, you know, somebody who's doing tax returns, if they can better understand what the goal of the change is or what the objective you're working towards is, it's easier for them to get on board with the change. If they don't understand why you need to change something, they're going to push back and say, this isn't a better way to do it. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't drive trains. You don't do tax returns, whatever it is. And they're going to push back on you. And you've got to come with a thoughtful message that can sink into the people that you're trying to implement change to. Right. Right. Very cool. Well, do you have anything else on KPIs? No, I There's don't think lot. so. I'm sure you could think of something, but we don't want to bore the people. Yeah, we, we sh- shan't bore the people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate it. I, you know, I could sit and BS with you a lot. You know, you got to tell Morgan, hey, for me and give your kid a pat on the head from a local Jack. I won't. <laughs> Thanks, Stephen. <laughs> You've reached the end of another episode of Let's Talk Business. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on your podcast app, Spotify, or iTunes. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to make light.